What it do, baby booze? Welcome to the For Your Thoughts podcast, where psychology, pop culture, and self meets. You guys, guess what? Oh my God, today is the 70th episode of the show. Seven zero. We've made it to 70 episodes. What a journey it has been. Doing a show or any project truly by yourself is not for the faint at heart, but I wouldn't have the journey any other way. I started this show in 2018 and have really been creating content since, shoot, like what, 2010? I don't even know. I've been creating content for so long and it's been such a journey balancing out my passion versus having to make a living has been one of the biggest struggles, honestly, if I'm being honest, with all of this. And also balancing life, love, family, trying to enjoy and be present and not burn myself out, mental health conditions, and just all that encompasses this life but I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And I'm excited to keep on with the keep on. I would love to share my goals with you all for the next phase of the podcast. Oh, before I even get into it. Oh, well, I can do this. One of my goals was a live show. And as you guys already know, if you follow me on Instagram or listen to the previous episode, I did just that. And you guys will be hearing that in a second. That's what this episode is, my first live show. And um, a couple more goals is to just have on more guests, think bigger, think better, to continue to have conversations that showcase the complexities of humanity, continue to educate, continue to learn and grow, and really just have a fun, great, hilarious time while doing so. I want to have more fun on the show, too. Like, I'm a... I don't ever want to sound preachy or anything like that. I just want to have a ball with everybody as well. And I would also love to talk to more artists and musicians. I used to be a journalist and I have done so many different artist interviews and I really started started doing content and doing media in efforts to talk to more artists and share more of their humanity and more of their stories and I'm really looking to do more of that with different entertainers influencers musicians and see where all of this takes me another thing is I have so many dope ass friends who have super dope interesting complex stories and I would love to shoot the shit with some of my friends my homegirls my homeboys and people that are in the creative space. Um, I'm so excited for more partnerships, more activations, more branding, more visuals, just all of it, everything, hell. Shout out to Capital FM Kenya, who is still a partner, and I can't wait. I'm I'm actually going to Kenya in December, so I'm so excited to see everyone and a partner before I even reached 100 episodes. Thank you guys so much for seeing something in me. And yeah, let me stop talking y'all's ear off so you guys can hear this beautiful live show. And of course, it's a live show, so it's not going to sound like how the normal podcast sounds. 
So I encourage you to continue listening. There is so many gems in this. And the live show is in partnership with Soho Works, the Technically Spiritual Podcast, and Rhesus Apnogen Mood Drinks. Thank you guys so much for sponsoring the live show. And thank you, Pierna from the Technically Spiritual Podcast for partnering with me on this. What a beautiful moment that was. And okay, let's get into it. I present to you all self-worth outside of work, a penny for your thoughts, and Technically Spiritual live show. Ah, I'm so excited for you guys to hear this. It was so good. All right, let's get into it. All right, hi everybody, can you hear me? Yes. See me? Okay, perfect, thank you. Nice to meet you, my name is Prerna, and um, we're so thrilled that you took the time out of your day, your life, to come and be part of this event. Before we get started with anything, um, we're gonna take a couple moments to get grounded. I'm a meditation teacher, so if you've never meditated before, you're about to. So I'd like you to just sit up a little bit taller in your chair. You can plant your feet on the ground if you can reach the ground, or just know where your feet are in space. And plant your hands, maybe facing down on your thighs. If you'd like, you can close your eyes for a moment, or just take your gaze down. And just take a moment to feel your body here, sitting, to know that you're here, and to arrive. Take a deep breath in. And take a long, slow exhale. Again, breathe in, fill up your chest, fill up your lungs. Long, slow exhale. One more, breathe in. And breathe out. And just making a commitment to being as present as possible, to give and receive all that you can give and receive in our time together. And as you're ready, you can gently open your eyes, return back into the space. Ah, okay. We're here. We're here. <laughs> We're all present. <laughs> okay, so I just want to welcome you guys for coming. Thank you so much. This is my first, our first live podcast show and crossover. My name is Penny from the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast, where psychology, pop culture, and self meet. It's a cool and conscious space just for creatives to, to discuss their mental health and to really break down psychological theories for, in a perspective that we can all understand. So I'm so happy to be here and Prerna, go ahead. <laughs> Hi, I'm Prerna. Um, I am the host of the Technically Spiritual Podcast where we explore the intersection of well-being in digital in the digital world. Um, we think about spirituality, we think about psychology, we think about our culture, and how really to be well in this digital age. So we're going to have our guests intro themselves. I'll start with Julius. Hello, my name is Julius Dukes Jr. I am from Brooklyn, New York. And to sum it all up, I am a visual storyteller. I do film, TV, uh, digital, and social. Hi everyone, and thank you for having me here. Um, my name is Liz B. Croft. Uh, I just got married a year ago, so technically it's Ridgeway now, but I don't really know 
how to introduce myself, so that's a weird thing. Um, I'm a licensed social worker and therapist. I am the founder of Mental Sesh, which is my private practice where I work primarily with elite athletes, creators, and entertainers as a therapist. Um, and I also do a lot of consulting and activations and product collaborations with different brands and try to really make the conversation around mental health more down to earth and fun and digestible. Um, well, good evening. My name is Anthony Duncan. I'm originally from Houston, Texas. I live in Brooklyn now. Okay, age. <laughs> um, so I'm a food access and mental health advocate. Uh, I am. I have a nonprofit called Dead to Silence that I co-found with my one of my good friends, Osa Debar, um, and I also am a vegan chef as well. Hi, I'm Jakana Jacobs, and yeah, I'm a storyteller that tells things with purpose, intentionality, and just somebody who cares about impact. Um, I'm from the South, so originally from VA, but grew up in Fayetteville, or if there's any Dreamville fans in the building, then that is where I'm from, 2-6, and, um, but just happy to be here, and um, the senior creator for Vice. Thank you all. We're so happy to connect and be in conversation and collaborate with you all and everybody here in this space. Um, when Penny and I first met a couple of months ago, we connected on the fact that we, we just liked each other's vibe <laughs> um, and that we're both podcasting about mental health. And one of the things that came up almost immediately in our first interaction really was this topic of self-worth especially outside of the workplace, because we live in an age where we are measured by our productivity, measured by our output, um, and it can feel like if we are not producing something, if we're not purchasing something, if we're not contributing to the economy in some way, that we ourselves as spiritual beings, as people with souls, are worthless. And so many of us feel that way, and it's not right. We should not feel that way, because we're whole human beings, regardless of whether or not we work, and it's, it should not be tied, but somehow it is. So we wanna sort of explore this and dive deep into why do we feel this way? How can we start to shift the narrative, both in our own individual lives and as a collective? So with that being said, um, I was recently laid off um, earlier this summer, and it was of course shocking, and I also was not producing my podcast. So I really truly felt like, okay, who am I, what's going on, like what's happening with life. And there's so many people, especially post-pandemic, who were laid off, especially in the media and the creative fields. And we're all kind of going through it, we're burnt out and trying to figure out, okay, we need to figure out like how to be happy no matter what's happening, no matter what's happening throughout our careers. So Julius, you're somebody who is super duper open about your whole journey, especially on Twitter, you're always talking about how someone didn't call you back for a job, and this, this, and that, and I think it's just, honestly, it's it's honestly admirable that you're so open. So one thing I wanna thank you for that, because you make me feel comfortable in this space, because you're one of the most talented people I've ever met. And a lot, I feel like a lot of people know that in here. Yeah. So, right, so I wanna know why you are so open for that, and, and also thank you for that as well. So, uh, thank you, I appreciate you, and I recognize your genius. Um, to be honest, it came a point in my life where I just did not care about what people knew about me. I 
you know, this is what I was going through. And it took me uh, maybe, I think, a year to actually come out and say, hey guys, you know, um, my bank account's running low. I'm gonna need a jobby job. Uh, and yeah, I just was, I, and I just got fed up. And I wanted to know if, you know, everybody was going through what I was going through. So, I, you know, I just started screenshotting things uh, uh, on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, wherever. And I just wanted, I was just frustrated at not having a job. And it was just really frustrating. Even now, three years later, you know, like how does somebody as great as me, because I recognize my greatness, I know I'm great. Yeah. How does somebody this great, you know, still is, is like unemployed? Like, ah, I hate it. But we move onward. That's my new word for the decade, onward. And yeah, I just don't care. I don't care. Everybody needs to know, just like everybody needs to know how much uh, I should get paid for this job, how much um, you know uh, I should be asking for. Um, I want people out there to say, uh, yeah, such and such didn't give me this job. I want people to uh, say that because we need to know who's hiring. Though the economy is like you know horrible, but we need to know like everything. And I feel like uh, being transparent is a beautiful thing. And I definitely want to say shout out to my uh, brother uh, Skip, who told me the bottom line of you know why I wasn't getting hired. It took that moment, you know, uh, I want to say one and a half uh, years into our uh, 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 a deep friendship connection and that hit me and I said oh so this is why I'm not getting hired let me move another way am I allowed yeah. to share yeah. Am I allowed to share this? Oh my God, talk. Okay. <laughs> so, because uh, you know, he's very important uh, at what he does, and I just didn't want to spill beans. But what, you know, basically he told me, um, listen, this type of field isn't good. They're laying off people because jobs aren't, the media, you know, in, in entertainment, they, they're losing money. Nobody is really grasping at that. And, you know, even when I'm talking to, you know, one of my mentors, advertisements uh, dollars are down. They, uh, uh, we see it now. A lot of your, your people, if you get hired, you're going to be a freelancer. You know why? Freelancers don't get uh, days off. They don't get vacations. They don't they, get they, insurance. They don't get insurance, <laughs> right? Yeah. So if you do get it, you did get that job. You're going to be a freelancer. But what if you have a pre, uh, uh, pre-existing condition? That's horrible for you. That's horrible for you. You need uh, uh, health care, you know? We wasn't thinking about that 10, 20 years ago, but now we are because we're older and we're, we're more mature. So yeah, it's, it's hard out there. And while my thing is, I'm doing what I love to do, even though I'm, I got like $23 in my account. <laughs> but I'm doing what I love to do, and that's film. I found my journey. I found what I'm putting on this earth to do. I love it. I love what I do. I love what I can do. And that's, tell, and that's through film. Even though I don't make no money, I'm going to still do it. How many of us in this space have, have felt unworthy because of a career change or a layoff or some part of your job that made you feel unworthy? Yeah, a lot of us are. Always, yeah, I'm sorry. 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> Literally. Um, and, and I'm looking at you all too. I think all of us at some point, whether it's been a particular thing that happened at work or a layoff or a career change or the economy or all of the pandemic, there's so many things that have happened that can elicit these feelings. Um, I would love for the rest of you to chime in on any moment in your life that you feel vulnerable and uncomfortable sharing where there was that feeling of, of unworthiness. Um, what was the trigger? What did you experience? How did you get through it? Yeah, so as you can see, I was probably the only one that didn't raise their hand. Um, but I think it's just because I wasn't doing a career change. I was just coming from college and I had no career. So I was really just coming from the ground up. But I would say that was probably like the most vulnerable point in life just because um, post-grad is somewhere where you have to be comfortable starting over. And that's not necessarily anyone in the world or some sort of interview you can watch where you're like, oh, like, this is what this is gonna feel like. This is what's gonna be my bounce back. And I think that was a moment where I had to be comfortable like taking on a non-sexy journey and being okay with that. Um, I think too, like I'm a military kid. Also I have parents that never finished college. So none of them ever touched anything creative. They were just DIY folks. And so I don't think I ever could really lean on them for advice. And so going back to North Carolina and being like, cool, I'm just gonna focus on this blog and I'm just gonna keep like applying to like 300 jobs and just see who picks up for me. I think I signed up to be like an ABA therapist and y'all know what that is, it's like a behavior technician uh, for kids with autism. And so I think like taking that journey and being like, dang, I'm getting rejected from everybody, like everybody y'all, I was getting rejected from everybody. Um, even the internships was like, yeah, like you're great, but like you've already done graduated, so we can't really do anything with you. So I think that was a point where I was like, dang, like, am I good enough to like be a creative? Like, I didn't want to be a writer. I really wanted to just go to marketing and just figure it out. But I think that was a moment where I'm like, am I being seen? Like, am I doing enough? Like, I'm driving to Atlanta. I'm getting scammed low key, taking on like marketing like interviews that ended up being at like Walmart. Like, it was just wild. Like, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, y'all like, is this a scam? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Hey, I've, look, I've gone through it all. So that was the moment where I'm like, I just kind of had to like laugh. Like before Delulu was a thing, I was really delirious for real. So that was really a moment where I questioned like, dang, is everything gonna be okay? And I mean, things ended up being okay. I would say it, it ended up being decent. I went from like living at home to like getting a job at Adidas randomly. And so like, I don't know, path has been very weird, but that was just like a point where I was like, dang, like, are they gonna pick a girl from the South that doesn't have no marketing experience and that doesn't have no plugins? Like, I don't got the, I mean, I had cool friends, but they weren't plugged in in that level yet. So yeah, I, I had no idea where to go or where to even kind of get that confidence, but a lot of prayer and the Lulu worked. So <laughs> yeah, we're here. Feel you on that one, sister. <laughs> so I actually had one of those, uh, those jobs where it was at Walmart? Door-to-door <laughs> <laughs> -door sales? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, I did that. Um, so that was a moment, that was like after college where I uh, majored in chemistry and, you know, at that time I didn't want to go to medical school, so I was like, all right, what are we gonna do? So, back home, 
And you know, my, one of my friends, one of my mom's uh, friends was like, hey, why don't you do like sales? And so I'm like, okay, let me just do sales, medical sales, didn't get those jobs. And then, you know, found, this, found some experience and it was actually door to door. I was like, well, I got nothing else to do. Well, I'm just sitting in my mom's house. Like, I feel like, let me just do this. So I did that and that kind of gave me the confidence to, you know, get a real job and move to Atlanta where I actually was doing sales. They were actually paying me a salary. So I wasn't just like going out, you know, busting the pavement every day and making zero dollars some days, making hundred dollars this other day. So I actually felt like very confident. And again, it kind of gave me like, some, it actually boosted my ego. Um, and so from there, moved to moved to New York and got a promotion. But that was a point that was like, okay, what are we really doing? Are we really doing what we're supposed to be doing? Our purpose, our passion. And I just got to the point where I just was like, well, I'm done with this job. But I don't know how to tell them that I was done with this job. So they told me for me. So they're like, well, you're fired. <laughs> so after four years, like, I got I love my first time ever like feeling like a failure. So. Getting fired was a low point for me because I was like, what do I do now? Like, I've always succeeded, always went above and beyond. And this is the first time that somebody said, you're not good enough. And so that really hit home, you know, to me. So that was the moment that I was like in a deep depression. And I felt like, all right, we need to get ourselves out of this depression mode because this isn't healthy, you know? So I went through some things in my life, you know, um, experienced some trauma. Uh, my younger sister, she passed away from uh, suicide about at that time, it was about seven years ago, so I was like, let me get into therapy. So I got into therapy, and then I decided I wanted to like, help people. So I got back on my journey. I wanted to you know, be a doctor and that great stuff. And so while I was like working you know, as urgent care, you know, there's something else, like one of my, my good friends was like, hey, what about, um, you know, why don't you try to change like, your eating lifestyle? And I was like, I'm from Texas. Like, we love chicken, <laughs> we love eggs, we love eggs. We talk about eating like, fruits and vegetables. So that actually kind of like helped me kind of get to the point where I was like developing like this self-love, this self-worth, and started to speak up. That was very like a quiet kid. I never talked, never said anything. And so being able just to go to therapy and then also change my, my uh, relationship with food, it actually helped me just to open up and kind of clear out the trauma and clear out the, the bad wounds and kind of develop, develop a place where I was like, you know, I can do this, you know? So that it kind of just like led me, led me here today. So like it was the, the beginning of me developing self-love and I said, and from 2018 to now, I can say that I'm still on my journey, but you know, I've developed more and more each day, so. Well, that's why I'm my brother. Yeah. I think there's probably quite a few experiences in my life, but one that is coming to mind now is just when I started my career as a therapist, not necessarily feeling like I fit in with a lot of my colleagues. Um, this is how I show up to sessions. I'm not in like a cardigan, I'm not in a suit. I don't use the clinical language, I curse, I talk about, I use a lot of basketball acronyms. Um, yeah, that's just me. And I think, you know, for a long time, it, I had a really hard time kind of like going to work as a therapist and, and then going home and like just being myself, I love fashion, I love sneakers, like Ellen Iverson is literally my idol. Um, like, that's just me, you know, and, and I didn't relate with a lot of colleagues at the time. Um, so my therapist actually at the time was like, yeah, you're a therapist, you love, you love these things, and that's who you are, and you can own it. And because I didn't at that time find other therapists who, you know, related to me, I was terrified to just be myself and show up authentically as myself as a therapist. I started doing that. Um, 
prior to being in private practice, I worked for a foster care organization. Um, I would wear sneakers and this stuff to work and I would get written up quite often. Um, but what I found is that I actually had a lot more engagement with the kids I was working with because I showed up as myself and I didn't put them in awkward situations to force them to talk about feelings. We would have sessions where we would just talk about pop culture, sports, you know, whatever. Um, and that, I think, grew a lot of confidence for me in that area. So then eventually, you know, I just started owning it. And by that, I was able to meet other therapists who also love style and sneakers. And it's a really cool little community. That's really cool. Um, so where do we think the, the feelings of unworthiness truly stems from? Because a lot of the times we think that once we reach a certain level, we're gonna be happy. Once we have this a certain amount of money, we'll be happy. Drugs, alcohol will make us happy, but we realize that we aren't happy when we have all these things. And we've seen people like, actually, Jada Pinkett Smith literally just talked about how she's she's been the unhappiest as of lately. And um, we've seen people commit suicide. Whitney Houston, so many people who are super successful in our eyes, but are still unhappy. So where do we think that comes from? And I know that a lot, a lot of it comes from our childhood, our, upgr our upbringings that, that make us think that we aren't worthy of just being loved just for who we are, for simply existing. So I wanna throw this to Liz. Um, as a therapist and working with people, what have you seen with artists, entertainers, creatives, anyone, as to where does that feeling stem from and how can we really like grab it and work with it. Yeah. I mean, as humans and the way that our brains are wired, we are creatures of comparison and social beings. You know, that's kind of how we tell our place in the world around us is by kind of gauging what's going on in our environment, who we're around, what they're doing, what's going on there. And it's hard, right? Like that's human nature to not kind of compare yourself. And now we're in an age where, you know, social media exists really easy to go online and see a highlight reel of all the things people want you to know about their life but you know with the exception of Julius <laughs> people not necessarily talking about the real shit that's going on you know behind closed doors and I think you know our brains are also wired to not necessarily remember that when we're scrolling aimlessly and we're just consuming all of these wins 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 and what we start doing is we start comparing our IRLs to someone else's URL and doing that, you know, we really start to... <laughs> that was a bar! That was a bar! I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> but in doing so, that leads to a lot of feelings of guilt, shame, low self-esteem, low confidence, feeling like we're not achieving as much as we should be or want to be doing. and. I think the reality is, is when we look at our careers, we're so, as humans, we're often quick to define ourselves by what we do, not, you know, and, and that starts to become like who we are. I'm a therapist, but I'm also, I don't know if you guys can tell, I'm a diehard Phillies fan. Um, and if anyone knows the score, let me know of the game, really. But at the same time, like, there's so much more to us than our careers. You know, like, we're siblings, we're children, we're parents, you know, you might be the biggest One Direction fan out there, I don't know, whatever, and own it. But I think with that, we forget those other aspects of our identity in the process, and by 
forgetting those things and comparing ourselves to the highlights is a huge component to that. It's also, you know, a lot of imposter syndrome. Um, high performers have extremely high expectations for themselves. And when you set those high expectations for yourselves, you're basically creating a, a, an impossible feat. Like you're never gonna meet those expectations. So we have to kind of unravel a lot of that and get to the point where we can meet ourselves where we're at and not where everyone else is at. I do wanna dig deeper into the childhood because I believe that um, Sometimes people do a lot because they want to be loved. Like if their parent was not in their life, they're like, if I overproduce, they'll finally see me. So I want to ask the panelists, was there a moment in your life where I just feel like you had to do more to um, be seen and be loved? With me creating like my nonprofit, Death of Silence, which is pretty much just a, um, a mission and affirmation to own your own truth, you know, let go of the thing that's holding you back and it gets a place where you're developing self-love and approval. So I was a person that was like seeking approval from everybody and it rooted from like my father, you know, I could never really be the best for him. You know, he always wanted me to be the one to be, to say, mow the lawn or be very athletic, but I actually like to read books. I actually like to do X, Y, and Z. And the things that I was excited about didn't really excite him. So, you know, I was like, well, my mom's excited about this, but I actually want you to be excited about that and I can never, get that from it. So yeah, just led, led me on a path of just wanting to seek approval and love from everybody. So I was like a people pleaser. Um, and so it just gets to a point where you just kind of, you don't even know who you really are because you're just, you're, you're masking yourself and you're being this chameleon person for everybody. And it, it can get to a point where it gets exhausting where it's just like, all right, especially when you're doing the work, when you're in therapy and you are healing, that's when everything is just like, can we cuss? Okay, <laughs> that's when everything just like goes to crap. Like everything's just like balls drop. It's like wow, and I have to like literally start from ground zero, work my way up, and that's where you really define that love. And so that's pretty much where I got to the point. I was like, I just need to own who I am. I need to be in my own truth. I need to speak my own truth, and I do things that really make me excited and happy. Yes. Um. <laughs> Um, I would say in the way that I relate is, um, so I went to school for psychology randomly, which is kind of how Penny and myself bonded long ago. Um, but I was a psych major and we had this senior project where you had to break down your attachment style with your parents. So talk about like deep reflection. So that was like, wow, this is a therapy session within a project. Cool. Um, but I kind of had discovered that like my own attachment with my mom specifically was very insecure, very like anxious. Um, and I think that kind of growing up, I mean, especially black women, you got a black mom, y'all know the saying like, don't embarrass me or like, you know, like, okay, like, you know, maybe like your friend got on a dress and you got on blazers and shorts, like, you know, like it was one of those things. I was definitely like a huge tomboy growing up. So I feel like just, comparison and just like never being good enough was always like in my face at all times. I think one thing that was really important is that like he would express like, oh, I'm proud of you, but I think of my mom, like I was kind of like desperate for it. So I found kind of when I would accomplish things or if I did a cool interview or I landed a job, I noticed that in my like relationships with specifically men, it would end up kind of being like me mentally wanting them to tell me that they're proud of me. 
And I thought, and I feel like every time I would latch on to that, I was like, oh my God, girl, like this is, this is child you, like searching for that, that I'm proud of you uh, from your mom. And so anytime I would snap on it and be like, okay, this is, I don't need to be searching for I'm proud of you from like a man that's probably not gonna last, like those would be real. Um, I was like early 20s, like this is, this is me having fun. But I think I was still looking for that assurance, but I was looking for it in the wrong direction. And so once I kind of started realizing it and I was growing up extremely fast at a very fast time, like I jumped from North Carolina to freaking Portland and I was like living on my own, it was like a whole thing. And I just needed that assurance, but I was wanting it from the wrong direction. And so that was a moment where I was just like, girl, like you need to be so proud of you that you're not waiting for him to text you back after hours to tell you that they proud of you. Like it shouldn't matter. Like you should just be happy for the fact that your younger self is proud of whoever you've become and like whoever you're gonna keep becoming, you know, down the road. So mm -hmm. that is how I kind of fell into that. Um, I'm going to be honest, uh, even right now, I feel uh, worthless. Um, it, it's just a thing that eats me, and I, I, it's, it's like a, I don't know what, I, 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 lo I lost the word, but I know who I am, right? I know I'm great, I know I can do this, I know I'm here, but at the end of the night, I'm just always like here. I'm always like wanting more, and so it's that, that pressure of, am I good enough? Like what? Like uh, like you got to do this, and you got to catch up. And I don't know what it is about me, but it, it's just that um, I I don't know how you know have the y'all answers, but because I'm in it, I'm like I'm, I will probably always compare myself to the next person, even if the next person thinks I'm better than them. You know how that's crazy. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but. I'm gonna live through it. I'm gonna fight it, and you know this is just me being me. I'm gonna try to project, but okay, great. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel you so much. Some days it's like hard to just even get out of bed. So it's like it's hard to get out of bed. So how am I gonna get up and chase my dream? So um, I do want to know though, cause you're here. So how do you guys keep on going? Um, especially because of the shame that comes about with it's like, okay, I'm in bed, I know my potential, I know who I am, but sometimes you just don't. And sometimes you just can't. So I do want to know how you all keep going and also your advice on what you give people on how to keep going. I, this, is, this is quick for me. Um, uh, these brothers right here, I do it for, I, I live for them. Aww. I do it for them. I do, I do, I, 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 every, I, I think of, it's not just them, but like my family, my friends, like even you. Uh, okay, y'all support me so much. For me to stop, for me to give up would be a slap in their faces. And I love them too much to slap them in their face. He does. I love them too. I love them too much to give up. I will not give up. I will keep going. I don't care if I get knocked down. Ninety-nine times, that one hundredth time is coming. I do it for them. I, I, I'm good. I'm good living on an island by myself. I need to bring my people with me. You want me to cry? You already know I'm a crybaby. <laughs> I think 
you know, reminding myself and working with clients to remember what their why is, you know, and that doesn't necessarily mean about your career, but like, why do you show up for your friends? Why do you show up for family? Why do you show up for, you know, whatever it is? And that is, you know, one way to kind of continue that motivation, but at the same time, listening to your body. You know, there are some days where I don't want to get out of bed and I might just be emotionally drained and I need to stay in bed all day and watch Netflix. And that's okay. Giving yourself grace in the process that you don't always have to be productive, that sometimes being productive is also resting and recharging. But at the same time, you know, just remembering why your what your values are, what your core beliefs are, you know, what helps influence the decisions you make and the way you see the world around you. I think sometimes, you know, we get really lost in thinking what we should be doing rather than who we really are and we sometimes have to reconnect with what's really inside. I would say um, this year has been like a transitional year for me. I don't know if anybody has, has felt that way. I feel like I'm in a in a wave of transitioning from graduating, graduating from grad school and now on my own in this big old world now, you know? So I've been going through something called ego death, you know? So I've been like shedding layers of myself, sharing like old um, viewpoints of how I used to do things. Everything is like changing and evolving, you know, losing friendships, losing this, losing that. So it's like everything around me is just like shifting. Um, and so with that, I just allow myself just to be in that space and really dig, dig, dig in that space. I also started journaling, you know, journaling my thoughts and my feelings. Like if I, you know, didn't feel like wanting to talk to somebody or, you know, uh, going to a therapist, I would just journal. I would just journal my thoughts. I would meditate. You know, I'm very much into like uh, holistic practices. You know, a lot of times like, you know, talking is great, but sometimes you don't want to talk. Sometimes you just want to, it's, it's trapped in your body somewhere. Sometimes you need to move, you need to dance. You need to like, you know, do, uh, I, I got into like Reiki, so like energy healing. You know, got a place where I'm able to, you know, work things out through just working with a, a Reiki uh, healer. Um, so it's like allow myself just to be in that space, sit in it, give myself a day or two, journal, meditate, and just you know affirm myself that this this too shall pass, and take it day by day, and one day to a point where I'm really just you know loving life, and I'm in this space where my dreams are really becoming a reality, and I'm living in this vision. You always have a bar, and then you and then you pass it to me, and then I'm like, damn, now I gotta now I gotta up you. No, I'm kidding, I'm playing. Um, okay, so during the pandemic, um, there was just like this moment where I was, I was in sportswear and I was just laying down. I think I had just enrolled into therapy and I was working so hard, like staying up to like 3 a.m., like messaging people from China just to make sure that they were up and that we got things together because we had an answer to Beyonce and we did not have time to fuck up. And I could not afford to fuck up. And it was kind of a moment where I just kind of sat still and I was like, okay, one, I need to make a transition. I, I need to go somewhere else, do something else. But I kind of just sat there and I, this is kind of probably like a morbid um, comparison, but I really thought to myself, like, if I die tomorrow, like, what do I want people to say at my funeral? Like, do I want them to remember me as a hard worker? I really don't. I actually don't. Even when, even if, when people think that's a compliment in my head, I'm like, uh, like, thanks, I think. 
Um, but I just really thought like I much rather my homies come to my funeral and tell me like, yo, like she was a great sister, great friend, great best friend. She showed up versus like, well, she did A, B, and C, and she was always working and she was always busy. Like that just doesn't motivate me in in the same way. So I feel like my reason for keep going is just knowing that I still have a story that still has a lot of writing left. Um, and there's still that purpose piece that's still left, which is helping people. And especially as a creative, I do want to say like, helping people doesn't just look in one way. Like you don't just have to be a creative for the rest of your life. If you decide you want to go be a doctor in two years, you can go do that. Like you could be more than one thing in life. So I feel like that is my motivation for continuing what I'm doing and figuring out like, hey, like I'm gonna be open to whoever this looks like in 10 years and be okay with that. Like there's so many journeys to keep living and I don't I don't think the story's done. So that's what keeps me going. Thank you all. All of you have been so inspirational so far. And I, I when we talk about these types of topics, it's sometimes it can be really easy to kind of talk about the problem. We also want to talk about solutions. Um, and one of the things that I have to constantly remember about not only this issue, but so many issues in our lives that we're experiencing in this world is, be, is this sort of notion that these are the waters in which we are swimming, right? Like we live in this capitalistic society we live in this world that sort of generates these feelings because our economy needs us to produce and our economy needs us to work. So, so many, and we have these slot machines in our pockets that makes it so easy to get these dopamine hits before our feet have touched the floor in the morning from our beds. We open our emails and we see who needs me today? What can I buy today? What ad am I gonna be following, right? Like before our feet have touched the floor. Like before we've had a check, a second to open our eyes and like feel what we're feeling. Um, so for me, one of the things as a meditation teacher, one of the things that's so important is to, you know, wake up every morning and before letting the world in, connect with myself and just take some breaths and see, okay, what is inside my body? Because I'm a human being, not a human doing. Mm. And the doing can happen later but the being has to happen first, right? So how, <laughs> so how, and some of you started speaking to some techniques and tools, how do you connect, how do you take this time? Um, Cause all of you have developed confidence over the years, even if it, you know, has come up and down. How do you, how do you connect to this sense of, of self in, in, the, in this world that makes us feel unworthy inherently? So as you know, New York is chaotic. It's a lot of chaotic energy, and it's very hard to like find peace in this city, you know? So where I find peace is by the water. But in the morning, um, you know, literally just before I even, you know, drink tea or water or turn on Instagram or whatever the case may be, read a book, I literally just say, Alexa, 15 minutes so, so I can meditate. So I take my crystals. I don't know if you guys know about crystals. Anybody use crystals? Okay, one person. Um, so that's how I kind of got into meditation because my mind was always like running. So the, the crystals kind of had, they have affirmation with them. So I was able to recite the affirmation to myself and that kind of helped calm my brain. And I was able to get from 10 seconds to 30 seconds to one minute to five minutes to the point I'm doing like 15 minutes of meditation every day. And so like, I'm able to kind of like 
silence my the crazy thoughts and just like really focus on like where I want to be in the moment, what I want to accomplish for the day, and how where and just be present, you know, and be intentional. That's the one thing that I've been practicing is like intentionality. Like how do I want to show up? Do I I just don't want to just be here and not be present, you know, that's kind of giving 50 50 of yourself. You're not really really adding to it because you know life is short. You know, we're here for this moment. We're here in New York for this moment. As you know, the city moves fast, the time moves fast. We need to like really maximize what we have here. So pretty much like meditation is something that I I utilize every day. Thanks for that. See, it's just, I, I'm, we, we gonna chat after this, it's cool, it's cool. Um, I feel like my answer is simple and it really just kind of comes down as far as just like remaining grounded or just connecting back to self and being i think it's really just me admitting when i just don't know shit. like when i just don't know what's going on when i don't have when i know i don't have the answer for something i feel like being an adult and adulting i feel like there's so much pressure especially in new york for you to just like have your shit together at all times and like I think it's also okay to admit when your shit is not together. Like, I think that is very much okay. Sometimes that shit looks messy. Like, sometimes it looks neat sometimes. On other days, it looks sunny and, you know, it, it comes with many repertoire. Like, you don't know. Like, you just have to be open to what it looks like. But I think how I maintain just the idea of being is just being okay if things don't look in the way that I paint it. I feel like if I overanalyze what something should look like. I think it just sets me up for that disappointment to to Liz's point of that high expectation. Like, I'm gonna do my best to show up. I'm gonna make the most out of my day. And if something shitty happens, I'm okay with crying. I'm also a cancer, so I'm not afraid to cry, okay? But yeah, very much water sign. Um, I also love being by the water too, but I think it's really me just getting older and admitting like when things look messy, like I may not just have the answer to it, and if I'm ready to circle back to it with an answer, that's when I'll circle back to it, but I'm okay with like not overanalyzing everything to the point where I feel like I have to be on my uh, my my P's and Q's every single moment. You, always, you already feel that way in work, like why would you wanna feel that in just like your regular life? So I try to just blend the two and just honestly like not, not care too much. Just I'm gonna do my best, and the best is what you're gonna get. <laughs> Um, one thing I, I typically recommend and I try to do myself but it doesn't always happen is when I w get up in the morning try to not check social media inevitably 90% of the time I do um, but before I log on to work it's doing something for myself before I do something for anyone else so whether that's reading a book, whether that's working on your own passion project, whether that's going for you know a run, exercise, like whatever it is you're working on for your own being, do that before you start doing anything for anyone else. Because by the time the workday is over, you're exhausted. You don't want to do anything. You want to just melt into the couch and watch something on Netflix and then you kind of get resentful. You know, you're like, I'm not spending time doing stuff I want to do for myself. So if you start the day, wake up an extra half hour early, an extra hour early if you can, and, and really just do one thing for you. Actually, like that, I, um, I had a, so what I do is just read. Like, literacy is extremely important. I used to, I ain't gonna lie, I used to hate to read. Like, reading, I can just watch it on YouTube. <laughs> 
But no, reading is beautiful. Like, I know I'm, I'm 31, and it's like, what, you just started reading? I know some of y'all thinking about that. But <laughs> like, yo, reading is fire. Reading is so fun. I love to read. I read to learn. No, excuse me, I read to unlearn. And then I read to learn. So that's what I do. Thank you all. I think there, you know, there's so many, so many different ways, but the, the theme of just connecting to yourself um, day, on a daily basis is so, so important. And so many of us forget that because again, we're, sometimes we have to act like we're cogs in this machine, but we can step out of the machine. We can step off the, the hamster wheel. Um, and I think, you know, what we're starting to get at is this idea of like the opposite of, of not feeling like enough is to feel like enough, right? Is to feel worthy, is to feel actually compassion for ourselves, actually love for ourselves. And that, that's sort of a journey, right? Because you, if you come from a place of not enoughness, we have to get to sort of baseline. But then to come into flourishing is really actually coming into a place of self-love. And we feel it at various phases of our life and we don't feel it at other phases of our life. So. I want to open it up again to all of you. Do you are you at a place in your life right now where there's some self-love? Or have there been moments in your life where there have been self-love? How do we actually move into this state of flourishing and actually loving ourselves? Um, I think it depends on the day, for sure. Um, but something I've tried to do before noon each day is ask myself what the quality of my thoughts are to give myself some kind of idea of like where my head is at that day and what is going on in my life and why it might be like that. Um, but at the same time, I think also just trying to remember the difference between self-esteem and self-confidence, separating those. Um, self-esteem is the beliefs, beliefs, like you were actually alluding to this before, the beliefs we have about ourselves is our self-esteem. Self-confidence is the beliefs we have in our ability to do things. Like, I'm good at doing this, I'm bad at doing that. But like you said, like you know at the core who you are and you still know that you're a good person, you know, you're him, whatever. <laughs> As the kids say. As the kids say, the youth. Um, you know, and I think that is really something I try to be cognizant of and aware of. Um, life happens fast. We're go, go, go. And especially in New York, we're constantly on the go. We have to sometimes just slow down, you know, and, and really ask ourselves what's going on, check in with ourselves and be okay if we're having a bad day. Um, but also remember that like, this is very typical Instagram quote, but healing is not linear and there are the ebbs and flows of life. And those lows inevitably become the highs. Uh, so yeah. I think for me, self-love is being comfortable being with your, by yourself, being alone, and also still having a good time. Um, so very long, I've always, I went, on, I went on my first solo trip last year to Panama City, and that was the first time I traveled by myself to a whole other country, always moved with friends and stuff, so that was the time I really realized like, I don't really fuck with myself for real. Like we don't. <laughs> like I get to like plan my own schedule. I get to have my own fun. Like, it's like, oh okay, we cool. So I so pretty much, you know, you go on a trip with your friends, you get closer with your friends, hopefully. 
Yeah, so this time I got a chance to really get in tune myself, journal, go to the beach, meet new people. And I was like, oh, I really can take this practice that I learned, you know, going on a trip by myself and just go on and take myself on dates or go to a concert by myself or go do different things where I can just, you know, really tap into me and realize these are things that I want to do for me. So being alone is something that you can, you know, and be comfortable with being alone. I like that. I like that. my answer within that is really just being cognizant of like the energy that I put toward my communication with my friends. Like for me, that's checking in with my self-love. Um, I had an uncle who passed, but he used to always say like, check on people before like you tell them what's going on in your life and like what you got going on. Cause you don't know how that is going to transfer. So I feel like that is a, an, just one extension of how I show self-love. In general, I be having a blast by myself. Like, I love my friends. They're also in the building, so hey, y'all. Um, but I have, I, have a t- I have a time by myself. I think it's because as much as I am an extrovert, I kind of need that time to scale it back and be to myself, rather that's me putting my phone on D&D or maybe that's me, like, going around the corner and not telling anybody where I'm going. Like, I just kind of need time to myself and I also am confident that I don't need to explain myself about why I need that alone time. Um, but then the third extension of my self-love, this is gonna sound crazy, but it's really just like being with my homegirls on the weekend. Like that is a part of like my self-love. It is how I recharge. And it's not about who gonna be there. Like I don't care about none of that. It's more about like us turning in us turning a time that might feel boring or maybe like everybody's not hype maybe everybody don't got the same energy but i know if i have my girls with me and there's some good music playing we're gonna make it into a time like it's gonna be memorable it is no we going back home and or hey the the music lame it's like no we're gonna make it fun like it's gonna be cute we're gonna hop on the mic if we need to and we're gonna make it a time like everything is what you make it like in general so i feel like if i'm gonna live this life i'm gonna try to craft the best experiences i can it don't gotta look like luxury. It don't gotta look like a spa day every single week. I mean, I know we will all love that. But if that's not possible, like my self-love is accessible when I'm with people that I love and that I know that can pour back into me. But I love it when I also am by myself and I'm like, okay, this is I'm having a cute time and I can pour it back into me without searching for it or begging for it. So that's where my self-love comes from. It took a long time to get to self-love for me, because, honey, I'll let you know right now, I was so, I, I was terrible as a child, right? Like, and I'm talking about, like, the inner me. I hated myself so much. I hated myself so much when I would walk in a room, I would say the most horrible things about myself. I don't know how it changed. I don't know when it changed, but it did change. And when it changed, I felt good. Actually, I, speaking now, I realized a lot of people didn't fulfill me. Then I looked in the mirror one day, which I used to hate, right? I hated looking at looking in the mirror. But I looked at the, in the mirror one day, I said, wow, you know, you're the best looking five I've ever seen. <laughs> I said, ooh, and you're funny too, all right now. And I, I just, it, it, I just love me. From that point on, I love me. I love everything I did. I love everything I've done. And I just started carrying that with me. And then it just started outpouring, you know, 
out, and it's probably some of you here that I've talked to uh, earlier that can probably recognize that, I just started loving me, and it, it's, a, it's a journey. It's a journey. If you don't, anybody listening, be honest with yourself. Keep this answer to your, in your mind. If you don't love yourself, you know, do the work. The work is knowing who you are, knowing what, what can happen, knowing what the, the possibilities of what you can do, and just keep feeding it. Keep feeding it. Don't feed that, that darkness, right? Don't feed that darkness. Sometimes, I'm, I'm hurry up, don't worry. Uh, so most times we feed the darkness, we feed that depression, we, see, we, we feed the suicidal thoughts, starve it. Feed that happiness, feed you. Because at the end of the day, you gotta eat. I wanted to say I love you all, and y'all have so many reasons to love yourselves, for real. I love you guys. I love you too, Penny. Yes. <laughs> Um, we're going to open it up for a Q&A as we're ending. So does, if anyone has a question, raise your hands and keep your hand raised and we'll pass it along. Har? Okay, so I flipped this card, right? And it says, what's the best mistake you've ever made? Who wants to answer that? Ooh, the best mistake I've ever made was um, failing at suicide. Okay, good. Um, yeah. I, uh, the, that was the, the, the best mistake I've ever made was a suicide fail, a fail attempt. Like, I love me so much. I love everything that I do. I love every person that I talk to and how I talk to them. That was the best mistake I would have made. I would not, be, would not have been here. Because I know I'm responsible for a lot of things. A lot of things. Had I not been here, would it have happened? she did was cry. Um, anyway, I'm going to say, before I ask a question, I'm going to say something. And, 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 and uh, uh, there is something I want to refer to here. And it says, and, and this is, I don't know what you believe, all of you. I've, I've listened, uh, I've heard, everybody has ups and downs in life you go through that process and that process builds you. It builds who you become. If you don't get those hiccups or those downs, you will never be better. 
you become better because you got those terms. So be happy about it. But as long as you realize that that is not the place for me to be, you, uh, that is the most important part. And I'm hearing from you all, some of you are great psychologists, and um, uh, you know, uh, you, you already know the material. But sometimes as human beings, we are so hard. We know things, but we cannot follow those things. I want to bring something, and maybe some, and, and if you don't believe in God, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna bring it. Whoever you believe in, God desires for us to see ourselves in the same light as he does. He sees you as a valuable creature that he made. He made each one of us very, a beautiful one, a beautiful creature, and he sees you that. Now, he wants you to be free and, to, and become everything you, he, uh, he desired you to be. God did not desire for anyone to be a failure in any way. Not you, not me. He desires us to be successful. We cannot be successful in the same way in our lives. Each one have got layers, but we must be successful, and that's God's will. Having said that, and again repeating one thing, realizing that this is not the place to be is the most critical thing, because that's the time for change. And then you thank whoever you believe in, whether it's God or what some some type of you know whoever force that created created you, you believe in that. So my question is, I've heard you all talk about your life. When you, what do you want us to live with here, each one of you? Actually, I want you to come up and say, I want you to live here uh, knowing this. What do each one of you want us to live with that we can go home and say, hey, this is what they told me. That was a great question, sir. Yeah. I see, I see, I see, yeah. I see your product that you, you raised. You're good. Um, I'm gonna keep it simple. Uh, what was taught to me was, well, excuse me, what I, what I learned is, live life like everyone is watching because you'll never mess up a day in your life. There's this affirmation that somebody told me, uh, actually was my uh, therapist the other day. And she just said, said that look in the mirror and tell yourself, I am certain. Pretty much I'm certain of my path, I'm certain of who I am, I'm certain of my life goal, of my creativity, I am certain, you know? And, and it, it, it grounds you in that intentionality of being who you are. I would say, what I would love for y'all to take home with you is just like, 
if you're feeling imposter syndrome, just beat them up. Like, beat it up. Because, really, because it's something that, and I feel like it's, I mean, to the point of what the whole event is even called, like, self-worth outside of work, like, it's really, really, really important to, like, feel and see your worth first. And sometimes it's also okay if you're having some off days and you're not really seeing your worth. Like, I think it's okay to just be okay with having a human experience and being flawed. Like, you don't gotta be a boss babe. <laughs> like, that's okay. Like, you don't gotta be, like, the hot, the four, Forbes 30 under 30. Like, you don't have to be that. I think you just feeling that you belong in certain spaces and knowing that you deserve to be there and acting like you should be there is the most important piece. But also just knowing that, I mean, we've had so many different paths that we've kind of all spoken on. Be okay with your path not looking linear to, to Liz's point. Like, it's not gonna look like A plus B equals C. Like, there's gonna be, <laughs> Z might come before A. Like, and that's okay. Like, em embrace those, those pathways. Um, and also know that life ain't sexy, but you can make it sexy in the way that you can. This is your album. Like, title your own album. You don't gotta follow. Penny's journey or Julius's journey, like, or even our journey, like, yeah, like our titles probably looked really sexy on the promo, but like, we all got layers. We all got human life shit that's happening outside of here. And I know like the world's been heavy in general. So I really just want y'all to know that like, you are way more powerful and you don't, you're not an imposter. Like you, wherever you're applying to right now, Honestly, they need you. I always fucking say this, but like these places need you. Like I know we be wanting to be in the room and and be invited to certain stuff, but it's just like we're our value is so much bigger than that. And like even when we turn back, it's gonna be like, oh, that was a cool thing, but it didn't necessarily make you you. It didn't necessarily make you a better friend, sister, daughter, etc. So if you really want to make sure that you're living the life in the way that you need it to look like, make sure you look in the mirror, give yourself that, that Issa Rae moment where you're like, yo, I'm, I'm that guy, I'm that girl, my path is not linear, but it's cool. Like, I'm gonna still rock it, still make it look sexy. It might look a little weird to some, but it's cool. It's funky, it's me. And just keep it moving. I would just say to remember that every single one of us in here is a work in progress. And as the great Joel Embiid says, trust the process. <laughs> and as the great Penny's dad says, the process is also realizing that those L's are learning opportunities and that we you know, have to lose in order to get ourselves in the direction that we wanna, we wanna go. Because growth isn't comfortable, growth is very uncomfortable, but when you're feeling uncomfortable, know that you're growing and know that you're learning in that process. Questions, questions. I would, oh yeah, two more questions. I'd love for the host to answer the question. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I would say, um, we, we really, the intention of this was for you to, to leave here feeling like you are enough. Exactly as, you, exactly as you are in this moment, on this day, regardless of your career status, regardless of how many goals you've met, you are a human being that's put on this earth, and that is enough. You are enough, exactly as you are. And you could probably be more, and I, and I hope that you, know, you live and, and reach all of your goals and aspirations, but 
come at it from a place of starting with, I'm here, I'm breathing, uh, this is my body, this is my life experience, and I am enough. And I'm gonna echo off of that. Um, I just want people to know that like, by simply existing, you are loved, you are okay, you don't have to overproduce to be here or be loved or be seen. And I want people to know that everyone has their shit. Like, no matter how high, how low, we all have our shit. We all have things that we're going through. And you're not alone. We're, we're all thinking the same things. Just nobody's saying it. That's all that, that's really what's going on right now. So um, that's what I'm gonna leave you guys with. And thank you guys all for coming. <laughs> we don't have time for any more questions, but come ask us after. Um, please do listen to the podcast, Penny for Your Thoughts, where psychology, pop culture, and self meet. And um, we'll chat after, follow us, all of the cute things. Um, I just want to say thank you so yeah. much. Um, it was, we could really feel your attention and your presence and your contribution, whether you ask a question or you just gave your energy and your snaps and claps. And um, yeah, and thank you to Soho House. Thank you to you, Penny. So well, yeah. We'll do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you all for coming. Thank you guys. Woo!